This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is the Budweiser Reds Hot Stove League, presented by the Holy Grail and United Dairy Farms. The Reds are on the the Hot Stove League is brought to you by the Holy Grail Banks Tavern and Grill, KTM Food Group. Check out our new line of chef-crafted favorites available in stores now. JTM, Beacon Orthopedics and Sports Medicine, Ohio Suicide Prevention Foundation, where there's help, there's hope, and by Norcom. The Reds Hot Stove League is brought to you by home of free lifetime powertrain protection and guaranteed credit approval from our family to your family for life. Visit KelseyShed.com. RL Carriers with immediate job openings nationwide. Visit careers.rlc.com. And by United Dairy Farmers. UDF now makes over 20 fresh bakery items with daily delivery to your UDF store. The Reds are on the radio. Now the Hot Stove League on the Reds Radio Network on 700 WLW. Good evening. Welcome into the Reds Hot Stove League. Beautiful day today around Cincinnati. And, uh, boy, the city is still celebrating from a huge weekend on the gridiron with Jim Day. I'm Tommy Thraw talking Reds baseball with you for the next hour. Jimmy, how are you on this Tuesday? I'm fantastic. I mean, how about now? There we go. How are we doing now? Now I can hear you. That's okay, neat. good. <laughs> I'm fantastic, and I'm so happy for the city and for the, the Bengals fans it's been a long time, obviously, and uh, just to see the pure joy of what happened uh, throughout this season and what happened this past two weeks has, has been great, and I'm just so happy for the city. Tremendous for the city. Congratulations. Yeah. Bengals fans and the Bengals as well. Uh, we are, we've got a loaded show today. We are going to visit with the mayor, Sean Casey, Reds Hall of Famer, is going to be on with us today. Brother. He, <laughs> so I. this will be the first time that I have ever talked to oh, Sean Casey. Really? Oh, my goodness. Am, you are in for a treat. I'm very excited about it. Just uh, wind him up and let him go. <laughs> seen plenty of his interviews, so pumped to uh, chat with him. Also, J.J. Cooper, who is the editor-in-chief of Baseball America. He's going to talk with us. I tell you what, if you need to know about prospects in baseball, J.J. Cooper is the guy to go to. Uh, he is certainly in the know, so a lot to talk to J.J. about, uh, or with and uh we will certainly have that conversation coming up very shortly as we have been throughout this entire process we've been giving you updates as they become available uh from major league baseball on the website mlb.com slash update and uh, there's really nothing to update today mike mark feinsand has been providing those updates on that site uh no uh no news really today they did meet it was about 90 minutes according to reports but um nothing really further to take away from the discussions than that so no real update you can stay up to date with everything that's going on uh do understand they might be having some more meetings this week so continue to check the website mlb.com slash update well let's get right to jj what do you yeah, say jimmy let's do it let's welcome in jj cooper now uh 
Executive Editor with Baseball America. JJ, thanks so much for taking some time to join us this evening. How are things? Good, good. Always good to talk to you, Tommy. Hello, Jim. Hello there. It's got to be a pretty busy time for you with the minor league camps getting getting fired up here in the next couple of weeks. And uh, you guys have come out with your top 100 rankings. And really, that is, that, it, it's remarkable everything that goes into that when you look at, at the prospects and, and how many guys there are and how many guys there are to keep track of. But you're kind of the foremost authority on uh, tracking prospects. Well, thank you. And also today, I was sending emails out to uh, to people. If you bought the Prospects Handbook, we were sending out uh, digital editions of that today for uh, for those who bought it from us. So, if if a hundred's not enough for you, I think we do forty. We we do full reports for thirty for team, and then another ten. So I guess that's uh, so twelve hundred uh, guys that we write up for that, and I guess about 1,700 that we'll put all together between depth charts and all. So if 100 stops, you know, there's not enough for you. We, we want to keep going a little even deeper than that if we can. Funny you mentioned that. I just bought the prospect handbook today. <laughs> you go. We're nerds. We need more than 100, and there's a lot of people out there like that. So uh, it's all good. Hey, uh, I want to ask you a general question. The Reds uh, minor league system, you know there's you know those rankings, which you're preeminent voice of. Um has jumped up as far as respectability over the last couple of years. Can you paint a broad brush of where the Reds minor league system as a whole is right now? Sure. Uh, top third system, I would say. Um, it's not, I don't think it was really in kind of consideration for that one, two, three. To do that, you're, you're going to really need to have kind of one of those, one of the best prospects in baseball generally and a lot of depth. And I think what the, what the Reds have right now is a, a very deep system. And the other thing they have going for them, a good, a deep system, not very a deep system, but the other thing they have going for them, which is useful and, and also kind of lowers your risk of these guys panning out is the the best prospects in the red system are guys who I do anticipate will play in Cincinnati in 2022 and I, ceilings are great. High ceiling guys are great. You want to have some of those and the Reds have some of those. Ellie Dana Cruz is obviously a very high ceiling guy, but to have players, you know, to have a Jonathan India do what he did last year and then to have Jose Barrero, Hunter Green, Nick Lodolo, guys like that who, who really should contend for jobs in Cincinnati in 2022 well, that's a, that's a lot better than a few years ago. I think the Reds had a uh, kind of a time where I felt like a lot more of their guys were probably two, three, you know, steps away. They, they've got kind of a nice mix now of guys who are ready and then another wave of guys behind that. You study the, uh, the prospects so much. I got to imagine that you notice some trends on teams that are able to use their minor league system to be competitive at the major league level. What are some of the things that really stand out to you that you notice when, when teams have success drafting, developing, and then really turning that into major league success? A couple of things. Um, I feel like we've had a number of these teams this decade. So if you look at the Royals, I remember the Royals were, we were writing about the Royals at the start of the decade as like, wow, this is a farm system. It's pretty rare. You, I, they had a year, they had nine guys in our top hundred. Now, not all those top, those nine guys panned out, but some of those nine guys were Mike Moustakis and Eric Hosmer and Danny Duffy and, 
and some of the guys, Will Myers, who they then traded for James Shields, and that kind of helped them. They had this group that came up together, Salvador Perez and all. And so they had this wave of prospects who all arrived together, who all had success in the minors together. And then that group, their next wave was really the guys that they used to trade to bring in the Johnny Cuetos and the Ben Zobris that got them over the hump. Um, you look at the Cubs, and the Cubs got really did a really good job of kind of acquiring some reclamation projects like like Jake Arrieta and turned him around and and looked down the road, you know, uh, Kyle Hendricks. But on the hitting side, they had this group of guys who all arrived together. And then you look at, to me, if I'm looking at like what's maybe the best farm system of the decade, maybe it's the yeah, I, I should. Yeah, I can talk about the Astros. You know what they did, but I'd say, and Mike Soroka and AJ Minner, We could keep going. Austin Riley, all these guys who all came up through the system together. And the thing I would say with that is, is that they had impact talent plus depth. But the other thing I would say about that is, is that it's an old adage, but it's a very true one. The Braves had a ton of pitching prospects. Not all of them have turned out. Maybe some still will, but they didn't get they didn't hit on all those guys. But by having ten really good pitching prospects, Max Fried, Ian Anderson, Mike Soroka turned out out of that group. And so that's one of the things that just really does stand out to me is if you're going to rebuild through your farm system when it comes to pitching, it can't be that you have a really good pitching prospect. It needs to be that you have a number of really good pitching prospects, knowing some of those guys are going to become useful relievers. Some of those guys are going to be up and down guys. Some won't even make it, but that gives you that enough of those guys means some of them may turn into those mid or front rotation starters that you need. The Reds, it's, it's been obvious one of their philosophies in drafting the last few years is going after the more athletic players and drafting middle-of-the-infield guys that might not be middle-of-the-infield guys once it comes to them getting to the top of the minor leagues or the major leagues. What, what do you think over the years has been your experience of that general philosophy of going after athletes being more athletic and guys that are drafted maybe as a shortstop but might not end up as a shortstop? It's fine to draft shortstops who may not end up as shortstops. We see it all the time. If you look at, uh, if you look at, there there are players playing center, left, right, third, second, even first, who started as shortstops. Why do you start as a shortstop? It's because you were probably the best player, the best athlete on your team. Now, some of those, you know, you draft because of their gloves. But I do think now, if you look at where we are in in twenty. 22 more you're drafted for your bat and the other thing that i think is changing a little bit that has changed over the last decade it's funny i was talking to a scout about this yesterday that a decade ago the trend was hey the the secret weapon is is that we're gonna play this guy's great defense you know his great defense is gonna make up is gonna make up for maybe him being a little lighter with the bat We've flipped back the other way now, and I think part of that is is that you go back to 2011, 2021-2011, teams weren't really shifting that much. There's a lot of kind of viewpoint nowadays, I feel like, that if you have a reliable defender, 
you're, there's a feeling that, okay, we may give him an extra step or two because we're going to put him closer to where the ball is going to be hit. And so I think we have seen teams uh, – I, I am someone who grew up on baseball of the 70s and 80s, and I remember the big red machine or at least the tail end, I should say, the big red machine. And I would say that if you look around baseball now, a lot of the shortstops who are successful shortstops now could not have played in the game of the mid-80s, let's say, where half the NL you know, teams played on AstroTurf that really could be des- described as a fast rug over concrete. And the ball would fly, you know, would skate through the infield, and a ball in the gap in the outfield, if it took two hops, it was going to the wall. That's not the game, obviously, we have now. And so what that means is, is that, and we've seen this with the Reds, it's really about finding areas to play guys who can hit. I would have never thought, last year was really kind of eye-opening for me. I never would have thought that a catcher for a while in the minors played an okay shortstop. That's something that I don't think I would have seen 20 years ago, but that's kind of where the game is now. If you can feel the ball reliably and if you can hit, there's probably a role for you, I would say. J.J. Cooper is our guest. J.J., uh, if you have time, we'd love to have you stick around. Got some oh, yeah. prospects in the organization to ask you about coming up as well. Uh, you're listening to the Reds Hot Stove League, as always, presented by the Holy Grail Banks, Budweiser, and UDF on the Reds Radio Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back into the Reds Hot Stove League, presented by the High Percent. Buy now at reds.com slash pick six. We continue now with J.J. Cooper, the executive editor at Baseball America and the foremost authority on all things prospects. And you mentioned some prospects before, Nick Lodolo being one of them, Ellie De La Cruz another. Let's start with Nick Lodolo. Uh, it seems like when you look at rankings, they're all over the place when it comes to Lodolo. Uh, you guys are obviously very high on him. What do you like about Lodolo? And front of the rotation ace, if it all clicks. Lodolo's more the guy who I feel very confident is going to be a useful starter for quite a while. Command's really good. The stuff is good. It's not great, but the stuff is good. And he has this long track record of just being a successful pitcher, going back to his college days and and he's knocking on the door. This is a guy who had AAA experience last year. I don't know if he breaks camp in the red rotation, but if you told me that he's going to make starts for Cincinnati in 2022, I'd actually probably be surprised if he doesn't make starts for Cincinnati in 2022. And, and I think he has a, a very good shot of turning into a very reliable starter. Two years ago, we would not be talking about Ellie De La Cruz on this show. However, everyone that I talk to throughout the minor league system, throughout the red system, when they mention, we start talking about the minor leagues, their eyes just light up at the talents of Ellie De La Cruz. And you said he might have the highest ceiling. He's all of a sudden just vaulted up the ranking sports. What's so special? Why is everyone lighting their eyes up? 
you don't see players with these kind of tools very often. Now, he is young. He is very early in his development. This is a player who started last year in rookie ball and really kind of set the Arizona Complex League on fire to where he wasn't there for long at all because, like, okay, he's just too good for here. So then they send him to low A. He goes to Daytona, and he showed kind of flashes of a guy who could be a star, and also he showed that this is a player who who has a lot of work still ahead of him, you know, as far as pitch selection and, and plate discipline, things like that. But there just are not many players out there who can run like this. He is a, a burner, a true burner. By the way, he's grown to the point where he's six foot five now. He wasn't that big when he signed, but now he's kind of got that, that long and lanky, like massive, you know, potential to be really a, a, a kind of a, a, a freakish athlete for someone that big who can run, who can throw, who can hit for massive power potentially as well. Those are three really strong building blocks. Obviously, we need to see how he kind of handles tougher competition, better pitching as he moves up the ladder. But the other thing, everyone I talk to who's been consistently around Ellie De La Cruz, the other thing they rave about is is that this is a player who really wants every day to get better, loves playing the game, but not just loves playing the game. There are guys who like love to play the game, but who they, it, they have struggle when it, the game becomes a little harder. Ellie De La Cruz seems to be a guy who, who kind of embraces the game being hard and sees it as the challenge of, okay, I'm going to get better so that what was hard today will become easy for me tomorrow. And that's something when you add that in to everything else, that even gets people, I think, in the Reds organization more excited about Ellie De La Cruz. Running up against the clock here, but uh, quickly, who, who's a guy in the Reds system uh, kind of maybe flying under the radar a little bit that, that you guys maybe like uh, and you kind of keeping your mm-hmm. eye on right now? How about Carlos Jorge, who I don't think, you know, you have to be a, a pretty hardcore prospect, Nick, to be – excited like we are about Carlos Jorge right now. He has yet to come out of it. He's played in the Dominican Summer League last year. He set the Dominican Summer League ablaze. He was one of the best pure hitters in that league. A, a shorter guy, a littler guy, second baseman, maybe a shortstop, but probably more of a second baseman. But back-to-ball skills, on-base skills, and the ability to hit the ball hard already is going to probably come to the States this year. The thing to watch for with the Reds is I felt like that this Reds DSL group was as good as they've had in quite, quite a, actually, probably 15 years. Wow. And so that's a group to watch as it starts to percolate up through the lower levels of the Reds minor league system. JJ, certainly appreciate the time. Thank you so much. No problem. That is Thanks, JJ. JJ Cooper, executive editor with Baseball America. Excellent Love hearing stuff. that. You bet. And I think he's the second person to say what he said about loving the challenge of baseball for Ellie De La Cruz. We're back with the mayor, Sean Casey, next.
Welcome back to the Reds Hot Stove League, presented by the Holy Grail Banks, Budweiser, and UDF. The Reds are offering Valentine's Day gift ideas for fans of all ages, including ticket packages for post-game concerts and discounts on Reds Heads and Reds Rookies memberships. Check out the deals now at Reds.com slash Valentine's. With Tommy Thrawn, Jim Day, it's Reds Hot Stove League. Thanks for checking us out. And if you're driving, we hope you have your seatbelt on. If you're at home, if somehow you have a seatbelt for wherever you're sitting... Or at least just hunker down and hold on, because when we interview this dude, you just never know. It's quite the ride. That will be Reds Hall of Famer, MLB Network personality, and the host of the Mayor's Office podcast, the one and only Sean Casey. How we doing, brother? Yeah, what's going on, guys? Jimmy, what's up? Dude, how about that Let's song coming? I keep for kids not in love anymore. Oh, yeah. Who is that? Is that the Commodores? Who is that? Yeah, I <laughs> Oh, you're Seriously, a beauty. You, you just come in ripping. In See, oh, there, there, there we go. There it is. There it is. There it is. Who would have thought oh, we would have yeah. got Sean Casey karaoke to start this? Yes. <laughs> I was thinking, I was like, man, they're, they're bringing me in with some smooth tunes here, baby. Smooth tunes. <laughs> I, I better not say it. <laughs> hey, uh, speaking of, the, uh, the podcast is your latest venture. Uh, how's that going? The Mayor's Office podcast. How you liking that? Oh man, it's been so much fun. It really has. Gosh dang, it's uh, you know, just just you know, being able to interview a lot of the guys, bring on guys that I played with, you know, a lot of friends that I've you know just um you know become close with over the years, guys I played against. You know, it's just been a lot of fun, especially a lot of the Reds guys. You know, just having Marty on the other night, I mean, he is, uh, you know, we I think we had Marty was two weeks ago. Peter Gammons was last week, and then. Marty was two weeks ago. I mean, Marty's awesome. It was just so fun catching up with him and kind of reliving his journey. I always look at the podcast as kind of like, you know, reliving the hero's journey. Like, how did these guys get to where they got to? And it's a, even for me asking the questions, you know, I know, Jim, you do one too. I mean, I know for me asking the questions, it's just really so cool. To, sometimes I'm sitting there going, man, I can't believe, you know, that I got Marty Brenneman on the show or I can't believe I got like a guy like Jeff Bagwell or Greg Vaughn or Eric Davis, you know. It's just been a lot of fun. I've really enjoyed it. Marty Brenneman, by the way, is the voice of the podcast. He's he does the introductory voice. <laughs> yeah, I know. I was like, I go, Marty, how much do I have to pay you to, get to, inter- to introduce me on my own podcast? He's like, you can't pay me enough, Case, to introduce you. Not, you know, he goes into this whole thing. So, yeah, he's the, he's the guy that brings. Uh, he's our he's our voice, the voice of the mayor's office podcast. Well, you're a legend because you called him cantankerous to his face, which is just a great story. And I'm sure you guys talk about that. <laughs> Uh, on the podcast, uh, hey, how's your your uh, you got an injured wing, man? You with uh, Doctor Krimchek getting some shoulder surgery here recently, right? With a little bang. Well, up? I'll tell you what, I yeah, I had this. I had a surgery back in two thousand two when I was playing. You know, it was like such a bummer when you look back. You know, it's just you know you, you have injuries here and there, and uh, you know it's been bothering me for a few years. And you know what, I was like, I gotta call Doc Krimchek because listen, at the end of the day. He's the best in the business. I, I tell everybody, even like here, and there's a lot of good doctors here in Pittsburgh, but I was like, I got to go to Cincinnati because I, I really feel like Doc Kremsek's the best. And I had a totally torn rotator cuff. You know, I'm like, what am I doing to totally tear my rotator cuff? Like, my golf game's so bad. I freaking don't play. I don't play tennis. I don't do anything like that. I'm like, why is my rotator cuff torn? But it, you know, was full tear and. Doc went in there and fixed me a couple weeks ago, and uh, I'm on the bed, brother. I'm on the bed. Speaking of, you, you seem like you're staying in pretty good shape. You know, you see a lot of former ball players right after they retire, uh, maybe maybe not getting in the gym quite as much as they were. 
seeing you on MLB Network, it looks like you're staying in pretty good shape. What are you doing? Yeah, I'm trying to. I'm trying. You know, you're, I'm 47 now, which I can't believe. You know what I mean? It's like, uh, you know, listen, at the end of the day, you know, the pizza, the, you know, I think the pizza and the wings days are, 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 aren't as good in your 40s because that's not even so much for your weight, but you wake up with like a, a Mount Vesuvius in your esophagus. You're like, oh, my God, like I'm freaking burning. So, I, I you know, the heartburn was what was getting me. But, I, you know, I think the biggest thing is just, just eating right. I like to work out, like to do, you know, do the Peloton bike in the mornings. I still like to lift weights and stuff. So, you know, I've just been trying to, you know, trying to keep it, uh, trying to stay healthy more than anything. I'm going to have to get that uh, Peloton name off the air. I want to see if I can keep up with you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, oh, yeah. I'm going to have to have you text. I'm going to have to have you text that to Jim so I can add you on there and see if I can keep up. Let's do it. Let's do oh, it. Let's get it. On. Let's get it on. Seven o'clock in the morning. Let's do it. Oh, okay. Oh, I'm gonna, he's going right. to okay. pull back now. Uh, hold on. We're, <laughs> you know they do these on demand, right? I don't know if you know this. That you you don't have to get up at seven and do it. See, he doesn't get up before double digits. No at 10, ten Who's your favorite Peloton person? Uh, I I do a lot of Hannah rides and um. There's Matt Wilpers. I do a lot of his rides Matt too. Matt Wilpers. And then if I feel I like, like if I feel like killing myself, I will do Olivia. Oh yeah, you got some good ones. I, I like Dennis Morton and Kendall Toole. She brings it with the heavy metal. Brings it. <laughs> and Jay, what do you do? What do you, Jim Day? What do you do for exercise? That's what uh, I want. I just I, I might have high metabolism. <laughs> I just rely on that. I actually have lost a few. I'm just not. Uh, I walk, so there's not a whole lot. I, I actually have a real bike. He's a mall walker. <laughs> yeah, that's it. I actually you have, have a real bike. Do you? Do you? Real bike. You don't use it in the winter, though, right? You don't no, use real, oh, real absolutely. Although I've got a little thing at home that you can put it on and get on the real bike. It's it's like a Peloton, but it's actually your real bike that you're on. So nice, nice, yes. yeah. But probably not on as much as you are. Definitely not at 7 a.m. No chance. A monster. <laughs> I mean, we work nights mostly. I mean, come on. <laughs> well, we've got a well, lot do, more. You know what the... No, go ahead. Go ahead. No, oh, I was just going to say. I, we've got... I, gotta get the, I gotta get the girls up in the morning. My two daughters are, you know, when one goes to high school, one's in sixth grade. So I got to get up and make the lunches. Boom! I get up at six. Got to get something in, and I'm like, all right, kids, what are we? What am I making you for lunch? You know what I mean? So you gotta try and fit it in sometime. You know, that's why I get up early. <laughs> I. I, I... Bless you for that. Uh, We've got more to ask you if you don't mind sticking around. We've got plenty more with the mayor, Sean Casey. It's the Reds Hot Stove League presented by the Holy Grail Banks, Budweiser, and UDF on the Reds Radio Network. Got to ask you, who is the biggest non-baseball celebrity you have in your phone? The biggest non-baseball celebrity? Right. Uh, is that, are you setting me up for the Pearl Jam question? Well, I'm just asking. I, I, <laughs> that was my guess. That was Jim's guess, so I thought I would ask. I'd probably say, yeah, I'd probably say Ed Vedder is probably the, one of the biggest ones. Or John Cena. John Cena oh, yeah. Ed Vedder. That's oh, a pretty man. big one there, too. The John Cena stories you told on my podcast, I hate to give a shameless plug, but folks, seriously, if you want to laugh. Till- Thanks for that. <laughs> well, it wouldn't be it wouldn't be uh, a good Sean Casey interview without a little storytelling. And, yeah. and I gotta ask, are you still sleepwalking at night? <laughs> you know what? Right now with the with the sling on, I'm not. That's but good. I, I still sleep. I'm still sleep. I'm not sleepwalking as much. I think when I was you know when I was playing, it was like something like I think the stress level was a little higher, and I would just 
you know, roam around hotels in the middle of the night real nice, you know, no big deal. But now I'm more of a sleep. I'm still sleep talking, though. I'm definitely still still sleep talking. Yeah, lock yourself out of your room in your tidy whities <laughs> yes. I love that one. Yeah. <laughs> never a good thing. Never, never a good thing. My first night at University of Richmond, this is where I knew I had a real problem. First night at University of Richmond, they have, a, they have a lake that separates the girls' side and the boys' side. And I wake up first night at freaking school. I'm like 20 feet from the lake standing in my underwear. I just wake up. I'm like, huh. Well, I don't even know where I'm at. I don't even know. Where, I turned around. I didn't even know which dorm was mine. They're all brick buildings. I'm like, I don't even know which dorm was mine. So I spent the next like 30 minutes trying to get back into my dorm and figure out how to get back into my room. <laughs> That's a good look if you do that in your underwear. Oh, that doesn't raise any eyebrows. Yeah, I'm always in my underwear too. For some reason, I had to. I and I finally had to go. I finally knocked on the, my RA's door. I'm like, hey man, my name's Sean Casey. I'm in room 12 down there. I got a sleepwalking problem. I know it's the first day of school, but could you let me back in? I apologize. You know. <laughs> <laughs> and he proceeds to call the police. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> hey, if you were... Uh, I'm out of follow that. Gosh. I know so many of your stories. I just wish we had, like, three hours to tell. Uh, if you make it back out to spring training, we have to do another podcast. There's got to be some more stories in there. But anyways... Every year. Jimmy, every year. We'll, I'll just make... I'll start making stories up for you. Every year. Thank you. We'll make, yeah, I'll start making them up. People will believe them. Yeah. Uh, I've asked you this before. I'm going to ask you again. You don't have to run to first base. But if they gave you five ABs in a major league game, can you get one hit right now? I, after your shoulder oh, heels. After my shoulder heels, I honestly think I could get a hit. I, I really do. At least one. If I can't, if I can't throw one hit out of five, I got to I gotta get till I'm dead. That's how I feel like. Well, at least well, I'm getting one knock. You throw me a heater, I'm, I'm swearing it up. Does he and, get to pick a pitcher? Or is this just any... Uh, five, just any game, man. You know, you okay. get five at bats. It's going to be a today's game is going to be a bunch of pitchers you're going to face. Five, 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 five pitchers. Yeah, might be. Yeah, yeah. Give me one guy that throws like 92, though. 91, 92. <laughs> yeah. It seems like everyone throws 100. Yeah. Now. So well, like, we, give me one guy that's like 88, 88, 92, a little sinker cutter slider. We won't make you run because you might get thrown out from left field. So. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's a tough break. I know. I, you know but yeah, you, you just uh, don't let me run. I'll get you to run for me, Jimmy. Oh, no. Yeah, I'll, I'll get just, thrown out from the bleachers. Yes. <laughs> Jim, run. Jeez. <laughs> who was who the one guy that uh, when you retired, you thought, I'm glad I never have to face that guy again in my life? Steve Klein. Why Steve was that? It's, well, you know what's so funny? On, on the podcast that I do, one of the things that one of the, one of the segments we do is called Who'd You Own and Who Owned You? <laughs> And it's so funny to hear, like, you'd think you'd hear these Hall of Fame pitchers, Maddox and Randy Johnson and Tom Glavin. Like, I, like this week's guest is Curtis Granderson, and I said, who owns you? He's like, Scott Downs. I'm like, Scott Downs? You got to be kidding. Like, you know, it's so funny. Like, um, Steve Klein owned me. He was just cardinal reliever, sinker slider. He was the only guy. Like, I, I wasn't really a guest hitter. I was always hunting the fastball. And this guy could control both sides of the plate. He'd throw me a sinker in on my hands, and then he'd open up the outside corner with the slider, and it was a really good one. And what used to really make me mad was whenever we would play the Cardinals, you know, Tony LaRusso always playing his mind games. You know, I can understand 3-2 game, here comes Klein. Like, I know it's happening. Klein's coming in for the eighth, the face, we know that about it. I don't care if I'm 3-for-3, three three, it's a guaranteed 3-for-4. You know what I mean? I'm like, oh, this guy's going to punch me out or something. So, but LaRusso would bring him in. If it, the next game, it would be like 9 nothing in the, in the eighth. 
you know, no two outs, no reason to make a pitching change here. And he'd go get Klein to face me. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. He's going to get Klein. It's 9 nothing, you know? So Steve Klein was a guy. Just I couldn't figure him out. It was so frustrating. Could you remember who Bagwell was? Because I'm trying to think of someone. He owned someone on the Reds or someone on the Reds owned him. Do you remember? Oh, Scott Sullivan. Yes, Scott it was Sullivan. Sully. Owned yes. Scott Sullivan. The rubber yeah, arm Scott, Scott Sullivan. Sullivan. Owned him. Yes. 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 Yeah, that was, that's what I mean. Like, it was like guys like Scott Sullivan are usually like a reliever that came in to face guys or the guys that, um, you know, that say, oh, this, I, like, this guy owned me. It's crazy. Sullivan would pitch every day, man. I mean, every day. Oh, what was remember in '99? It was like Sullivan. It was Sullivan, Williamson, Graves. Sullivan, Williamson, yeah. Graves. Every night, I'm like these yeah. guys. These guys have like 800 appearances between the three of them. It was Jack McKean was like, get Graves, Sullivan, and Williamson ready. <laughs> well, well, okay, so that's that's who owned you. So now you have to say the inverse. Who who did you own? Was yeah. there a Hall of Famer that you just you, you dominated? You know what's crazy? Because I work at MLB Network, they do bring up the stats about who you did well against who you. And I sometimes didn't know the stats, but I, I hit 360 off Greg Maddox. Wow. Which is That's something pretty... like that, 350 to 360. was pretty good. I hit 333 off Randy Johnson. Wow. A lefty? Which is Wow. Yeah, isn't that crazy? That is yeah, crazy. crazy. Some good feathers in but, the cap. You know, well, yeah, oh, yeah. But you know what's so funny? The other night, um, you know, my kids have never really seen me play. So the other day, you know, because of, of the lockout on MLB Network, they were playing, you know, you know, famous games. Well, the game that Randy Johnson in 2001 struck out 20 Cincinnati Reds. Yeah. Oh, Juan Castro played first that game. It was the only time in my life I was like on the bench when he was just punching tickets all night. Like, you're out, you're out, you're out. I remember sitting on the bench going, thank God I'm not playing tonight. You know, like, I mean, <laughs> the stuff he was throwing up there was just so nasty. That was, crazy. You know? that was the one time. And then, and then Juan Castro was like, you're, Castro had never played first base. It was his first start ever. And, you know, he crushed me the rest of the year that I was dodging Randy Johnson. <laughs> I, was like, I, was like, I was like, Bob Boone thought it was better for you to play first that day. Obviously, it wasn't because he punched out our whole team. You know what I mean? 20, 20, 20 punch outs. But, but uh, yeah, so, like, Randy Johnson, Greg Max, and I, I think Glavin. I hit well against Glavin. Uh, a couple other guys, too. But, yeah, it, it's funny to look back and, and I, I really did well against him decent pitchers well sean certainly appreciate the time i i mean i feel like we could fill up just an hour with you so uh, <laughs> get in a better mood would you i mean yeah. you just seem so down i know i hope you yeah, cheer right, up man, I'm, I'm i'm depressed i gotta go sit in the corner guys and see if i get my life together for real sean i th- really do appreciate the time uh thanks so much good luck with the podcast i've listened to a few of them it's outstanding uh i was listening to the one with you and uh, jerry ferrara today great stuff there so yeah uh, oh great stuff yeah thank you and you know what also too if you if you check out the podcast on all the you know spotify or apple or that if you watch it on youtube the guy that's my chinch who's my who's the guy that my producer is so good on tv the show looks really good on youtube so if you check it out on youtube too it's really good yeah and I, I appreciate everyone that's checking it out thank you so yeah, much i found it on apple and went to youtube actually to watch it so uh re- really yeah. good stuff and, and good luck with that you've been going at it since may so yeah yeah, we have. We just did our forty-seventh podcast. We're just ripping. We're trying to be like Jim Day, ripping them out. <laughs> well, you know, he's the master of booking guests. So if you ever need somebody that you're having trouble getting, call up Jimmy. I, I'll get him for you. It's unbelievable. I'm like, how the hell is Day getting all these guests? These guys must love this guy. It's unbelievable. <laughs> Sean Casey, thanks so much. Have a great winter, and uh, hopefully, we'll see you out in the desert sooner rather than later. I hope so, guys. Great talking. Thanks for having me on, and I will uh, talk to you guys soon. All right. Thanks so much. The mayor.
Reds Hall of Famer Sean Casey. We'll wrap up the the Reds Hot Stove League next on the Reds Radio Network. Wrapping things up now on the Reds Hot Stove League. The Reds and World Series champion Eric Davis have launched a campaign to encourage youth baseball and softball participation in recreational leagues across greater Cincinnati and Reds country. The Reds and Reds Community Fund will work to connect parents to local teams in time for the spring and summer baseball and softball leagues. For additional information, visit Reds.com slash sign up. What a great show today. Indeed. Sean Casey is always gold. Programming note, we're on Tuesday again next week. Good to know that. J.J. Cooper, our thanks to him as well. Also, thanks to Matt Steinman. We're out of time for your week. Be safe with some impending winter weather. We'll talk to you again next Tuesday. Good night.